today on The Breakdown. It's one of them final tables that you read about, except a few differences. It's unbelievably stacked with insanely good players, like so many great players. It's a 25K buy-in. And let me just say, holy moly, these guys are good. And then there's this one dude, this one player. There's only seven left, but one player who no one knows who he is. He might be an amateur. He might not. It's unclear. And he's like the wild card. He's the Charlie from It's Always Sunny in this group. And he's going to do his best just to throw some gasoline on everything and set the whole world on fire and see if he can just win the damn tournament doing so. And he plays a hand against Kale Burns where, well, you're going to have to hear about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. Yes, we're going to force you to hear about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Notice how I just basically didn't really actually say anything about the hand? Because like I could, we, there's so many hands where guys like do things, and I always talk about them, and it just was going to be another one of those. So instead I made it like, well, you're just going to have to hear about it. You know, Like, this one's so special, I can't even tell you anything. That was my new movie. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, the... The player in question who is the unknown, who may or may not be a pro, uh, g- Poker News doesn't even have their name, goes by Zoo's Tau Tezu or something. We're just going to call him Zoo. That's going to be the way we fix that. But let me let me break down a couple of these players here. Yeah. We've got Adrian Mateos at this final table. We've got Feder Holtz at this final table. We've got Limitless at this final table, currently considered the best online cash player in the world. Yep. Right? No question. Uh He's already busted, but we had Big Hooney, Chris Hoonichin, who is an excellent player and recently playing Super High Rollers. That's enough to make it just a hell table. Oh, by the way, we have Kale Burns, who's going to be involved in this yeah. hand as well, who's elite as well. It, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's absolutely insane. Limitless, you know, by the way, has offered to play anyone heads up uh, in Hold'em for any amount of money, I think. <laughs> I think, wow. I think it may not be any amount of money, but it's, if it isn't, it's a, it's a, no, maybe it's between three and $10 million and they can pick it. Something like that. It's something crazy like that. And he said, the only person who he won't play for that much money is Linus Love and he'll play Linus Love, but it's gotta be for less. Cause that's like the one guy who he thinks is also really good in the whole world. Huh? So that says, I mean, wow. Yeah. That guy is legit. It's like, uh, it's like when Tom Dwan did the, the Tom Dwan thing and he, he, Said no Phil Galphon, but everybody else can play. It is just like that. It's re- or it's really similar. Except Limitless will still play Linus Love. <laughs> but yes, true. But yeah. Anyway, so this is yeah. This is like some serious, serious stuff here. And I will say, if you're Zoo and you actually aren't a great player, you know, you're just like kind of like you're pretty good maybe. But you're, you're if you're not of this ilk, like all these other players, can't be the worst idea just to make some crazy plays. It just can't be that bad, right? Yeah. It, I mean, I don't think it can be. Uh, maybe, maybe this player is really good. Yeah. We're not sure. Yeah, like it's really quite possible that they are very good. They are playing the twenty-five k W Coop online high roller in twenty twenty, and making the final seven yeah. at the very least. So there's a, a good chance they're good. It's not like the main event where like a couple of what's his name that British guy from a couple of years ago like John Hess slipped through the cracks. John Hess. Yeah, him. I mean, it is a little bit like if you look at any. Um, super high roller final table, you're always going to have a few people who 
you know, quote, don't belong there, you know, who are like way out of their element. That's like really normal. Like if you look at any like PCA high roll or anything like that, almost always, they're not always going to, it's not always going to be just like the big name guys, you know? True. So, I mean, it happens less often because the, the fields are different, but and, and much smaller, but you know, this, uh, this was a field of 106 entries. Right. So I'm going to guess there was a little bit of dead money in there, but not too much. Sure. I think that's that's right. And it's possible zoo is not dead money at all. I would also guess that the whales are less attracted to online tournaments than they are to live tournaments. I, I would guess whales are more attracted to online cash games than online tournaments in general because they get the glory with live tournaments. And with cash games, they get to just like gamble a bunch of money, which is what they're really there to do anyway, right? I I don't know. Um, I think it depends on the person and the temperament. Like, there's something I always like tournaments. Although I'm I'm a cash game player for sure. One of the things I always really liked about tournaments was that there's a clear ending to them. You know, like I know when to get up instead of a cash game where like yeah. I have to decide when to get up or the game breaks. Those are the only two ways it ends for me. And you know, I've sort of figured out how to do that over the years. But I remember really in the old days, like. Even if I, even as I was playing cash and making a living doing so, really appreciating the fact that someone would say like, "You have to get up now and leave because you're out of this tournament," or like, "You've won the tournament and it's over." You know, congratulations, whatever well, it yeah, is, no, it's just done. I mean, you know, many of you might may know that I am. I've always been more of a tournament player than a cash player, so I agree with all of these things. But I'm I'm thinking historically with the whales and the high roller situations. Like when you think of whales playing on televised shows and stuff. And versus whales online, I, you remember all sorts of stuff about like Gila Liberté losing twenty million dollars in cash games sure. online, and you see the whales playing in the televised like PCA high roller and stuff, but you never really. I guess maybe they're just, the online high rollers are never really that talked about. Never. It's usually like up until now, the online stuff that was discussed was cash because it would be like biggest pot in online history. But now we have no choice but to have these online tournaments. Uh, so maybe that's why. So maybe the whales did migrate along with the rest of the pack. It's possible. I would guess they did because that's the only way to play these big tournaments against these players. And a lot of the whales want to play against these players for some unknown reason. That's also super weird to me, but... I guess they're used to being successful, so they want to just play the best right away. They want to take on Tiger Woods, even though they don't know how to swing a 12-iron. Congratulations. Like, you got the money for it. I guess it doesn't matter if you lose. But that's what, that's what pays, you know, Isaac Haxton's phone bill, basically, is guys deciding to do stuff <laughs> like that. You must have a pretty expensive phone bill. Yeah, it's Macau. Of course it's an expensive phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah. know. You know what they charge in Macau? He's also got. To, to just call? He's, he, you know, he's got the unlimited texts. Not those, like, not just 200 texts, bro. Yeah, don't you, don't you hate it when you're, it's like the 27th of the month and you've <laughs> texted like 48 texts and you only have 50 texts a I, month and you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta use these two. I, real, I gotta be real careful. <laughs> I gotta use these. I remember those days though of having like 200 texts and like month after month not using them and then suddenly getting a girlfriend and like three days in, I'm like over 200. I'm like, well, fine. I guess this is just going to cost me an extra $60 this month because they charged me like 10 cents a text or something or something insane, you know, uh, the old days. Yeah. In the, in the days of limited texts, we used to make fun of how there used to be limited minutes for your yeah. phone. You know, you, you have like a certain number of minutes. It was, cr- it was cell phone plan. crazy back then. Also, like calling different places would cost different amounts. <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell? Long distance. Yeah. Really insane. Nice to be. Yeah, I mean, like you could probably watch, you could probably turn on some movie from 1992, and there would be some line about like, 
Can I use your phone? Only for local calls. You know? Yeah. That was a thing. I may have told the story once on the show, but I may not have. But it's been so many years. I'm going to tell it again. So I, uh, I was visiting my grandparents with my mom in Florida. And I was like six years old or seven years old. And I don't know why. My grandparents were very mean people. I didn't like them. Uh, cool. I know, why, cool. I, I know why I didn't like them. They were not nice people to be around. But at some point, I think I sort of got a yearning for my other grandparents who lived in Ohio. So I decided to call them. So I just walked to a phone in the living room and picked it up and dialed them and talked to them for a little bit. And boy, did I get yelled at for that. Like, I got screamed at by my mom. I had no idea that that was a problem. That that because I didn't understand, but that was like very expensive at that point, you know, and it was like a big deal, and I had no sense of it, you know. I was like, "What? What is going on? You know, why? What? How could I have done a bad thing here?" You know, I still remember that. I have a little trauma, a little bit traumatized. It makes me think back in like the early days of video communication, which has become essential in the world, but you know. 15 years ago, when it was first available, it was certainly not ubiquitous and it was rarely used, right? You had to like buy a separate webcam to put on your thing yeah. and all this stuff. Like, was there a, a brief period where there was like a minute by minute charging system for that? For sure, it was workshopped by and like thought through by like some focus groups and people who were creating the software. They were thinking, like, okay, what's our, what's our business model? Are we going to charge them like phone calls like per minute? Like, how are we going to do this? Well, the, I remember this. So, Skype did a thing where, um, they didn't charge you that way. They would charge you basically, though, if you wanted... Skype's big big business model was not about video calls. Video calls were like an extra cool thing you could do if both people had Skype. Skype's value proposition was you can use Skype to call actual phone numbers long distance or anywhere in the world, and it costs a lot less because we're going to use it. We're going to do voice over internet. And so you still mm-hmm. had to pay... So you bought minutes over Skype. You gave them money, but it was like way cheaper than it would otherwise be. And that was... That was the mo- that was the big thing originally about Skype. Okay, but that doesn't really address my question about if they, no, no uh, one the did big it. providers early on were no one did no internet providers for yeah. a while um, had tr- potentially charged for how much data total you could use and actually some still do mm-hmm. now that I think about it but mostly that stuff is just it was it was mostly unlimited most of the way you know once you got to broadband anyway. Oh, man, it just reminds me. I will stop this conversation quickly, but it's a couple of years ago, there was a big controversy because um, Comcast was going to start trying to like cap the amount of data usage you could have for your Wi-Fi internet because yeah. – uh, and it was like a, there was a, a competition problem there for, for them because of like uh, sports starting to be sometimes streamed and things like that, and they, they wanted to continue to completely capture that market. But I think they ended up not doing that ever, right? Or at least they they may have tried it and had such huge backlash that they stopped. It was it wasn't so much about sports; it was about Netflix. It was about uh, yeah. seeing Netflix as because right. because Comcast also owns TV channels like NBC, and so that right. was also so there was sort of a conflict of interest, and it was it was a way to go to war with Netflix a little bit and make people either cancel Netflix or make more money for Comcast. That was that was a big part of it, but it didn't work out because I think people like Google um, and. And maybe even Netflix like started talking about starting their own companies even like to provide internet if it was going to come down to that. They were like, we will find a way because these companies are way too big to not bill out, you know, not to get the streaming stuff done. It's yeah. just too important. And uh, Comcast did back down at least for now. But I think they're, they're still trying. They recently made a case. I don't think it was Comcast, but one of the really, maybe it was Cablevision, just made a big case to the Congress that in the United States that um, people love their data caps was actually said 
in the hearing, <laughs> which of course is insane. No more, one wants a data cap. More rake is better. Yeah. More rake is better. Yeah. So anyway, well, that was a... People love their data caps. People love it because, yeah. you know, it protects them. Don't you see it protects them from the people who use so much because that, that stops the price from going up when, in fact, as we know, this stuff is basically, it's all unlimited. It's all fine. It costs them basically nothing to send these packets of data back and forth. Yeah. There's no reason to ever. They're just trying to make more money, which I guess is fine. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, the last thing about this, <laughs> I do wonder because, like, yeah. Amazon's business model is clearly to, like, enter an industry undercut everybody on price until everybody goes bankrupt and then like uh, theoretically eventually raise prices, which they've never done so far. Like that would be like one theory, but, or just, or just own the market completely, I guess, which they have done in, in certain spaces. Yeah, yeah. They could absolutely destroy Comcast and Time Warner and all those guys. If they wanted to, they could just come in, build their own fiber optic networks. Um, just say like, Hey, guess what? It's half as much. And they have enough in their coffers that they can just sustain forever. I mean, the, the problem is just the amount of time and, and money. It's a really long to build that much infrastructure. Yeah. Like Google tried it, you know, Google with Google fiber did it to yeah. try and really, they didn't want to do it. They did it as a threat to the cable companies to force them to build fiber internet. And it mostly failed actually. Like it didn't really like, it was so such an undertaking. Google spent like, it's, they've been doing Google Fiber for like eight years and they did it like, ended up doing it like four or five cities and it just sort of went away. Well, it's, it really depends on your intent, I think a little bit, because if they yeah. truly intended to own the market, they would have probably gone about it a bit differently infrastructure wise and would have had a much better chance of pulling it Fair off. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, this is all, the internet stuff is all going fast enough and technology moves fast enough that like three years from now, you know, we may be all on different protocols and things may be going much faster. We may not need something like, you know, Comcast or any of these current providers. They may not exist in this way anymore, you know, something may like supersede them. We'll see. Yeah. This anyway, is, let's get to the hand. This has been talking tech with Grant and Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. It's been great. You know, we didn't really, we didn't really do too many uh, like jokes and stuff even for no. the first 13 minutes. Somehow we did 13 minutes without like, without poker, but also without any humor. No, we, so that's probably. Checking, checking nobody's boxes right now. That's, that's our plan. <laughs> we just did we just did an actual normal technology podcast for 13 minutes for unknown reasons. <laughs> that's what just happened. Well, because I mean, because part of this show that you're getting into when you listen to the show yeah. is you are you are basically forced into our stream of consciousness, yeah. which is basic, which is the structure of every conversation Jonathan and I have. It's just like a stream of consciousness <laughs> conversation back and forth. We make a couple bets. We like propose a couple of scenarios and say, what would you do in this scenario? Yep. And that's basically how it works. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> pretty much it. Yeah. And you, you basically get to be part of that. And hopefully it doesn't suck yeah. for you. <laughs> that's it. And hopefully it doesn't yeah. suck for us, by the way. Sometimes it sucks for one of us too. Anyway, congratulations. <laughs> you. I think we might be making it to the poker, but I'm not sure. Yeah, let's get to the poker. Okay. Let's finally do that okay. part. This is, after all, listed as a poker show on all the podcast aggregators. Uh, I don't know if that's an accurate listing at this point, but we're going we're gonna to try to live up to it right now by talking about poker. So this hand was suggested, by the way, by Stuart Young, yeah. who many of you who are Poker Time viewers will recognize the name. That is Stuart from Poker Time, who Jonathan likes to make fun of the haircut of. Wow, that is not true. You would always pick on him, and I thought it was really inappropriate, but... And here you are, sort of, I guess you're like, sort of trolling him by saying, I, it's weird. It's fine. <laughs> Stuart knows the truth. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Stuart, who, um, another player on, on Poker Time, Jeremy, came up with the nickname Stewie Younger, because his name is Stuart Young. And it's kind of an incredible nickname, I have to say. Like, that was pretty yeah. brilliant. 
Sort also known on program time for saying, fuck me, multiple times <laughs> yes. when he would lose a hand. When, when things don't go his way. Yeah. That's correct. That was always funny. Yeah. Anyway, Stuart, we appreciate the suggestion. Even though he can text us, he did it the correct way. He suggested it on Twitter. That's where you should suggest hands. We are, of course, the Poker Guys on Twitter, at the number two Poker Guys. Include a YouTube link and timestamp it when you suggest a hand. Let's get to this one. Okay. The 25K W Coupe 8 Max High Roller. Seventh place, which is how many players we have remaining, is 122K. First place is 600K. We have some stacks that are pretty big. The biggest of all being this unknown player, Zoo, who has 7 million at the 80K big blind level. The smallest stack is around 15 blinds. So nobody's in immediate danger, but the 15 blind stack is, is not doing ideally. Right. Um, so we're going to start with Zoo, who apparently got the chips through aggression or feels like now's the time to really put on the ICM pressure. Opening under the gun, seven-handed, with king five off, mid-opening to 160K. Jonathan, break it down for me. What's happening here? I have no freaking clue. Are there any really especially short stacks? Like, is there? Is he putting? Is he the chip no, leader? I, I what mean, the hell is like going I, on? He is the chip leader, but not by a lot. And I just said the shortest stack is fifteen yeah. blinds, so not like. So that's actually bad because the fifteen blind stack is more likely to shove than like, and that's that's a stack that will have real fold equity against a lot of your range, so might be shoving sometimes. I'll say this too: like this table is full of all great players. Why would you open king five yeah. off? Why are you putting yourself in this spot? You can just fold and wait for a better hand. Like I think this guy's trying to play the role of chip leader and probably trying a little too hard against the very best players in the world, and that just seems like a terrible idea to me. Like, yeah, it's one thing if this was king five suited. Even I feel like seven handed chip leader, you could start to you could you could justify that, right? I think it's probably a mistake against the, this level of table, but you could at least justify it. But against but king five off just feels like a, as trashy as it gets from under the gun. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I could see it maybe in like the McKeehan year at the main event, but that's a very different table makeup than like four of the best players in the world. It's like four of the 15 best players in the world are sitting behind you at this table and you're opening king five off under the gun. I don't think the chip lead matters that much. It's not even a very big chip lead. Like the McKeon year, the, the table eventually just bowed to his will. Yeah. And I could see him opening King 5 off and, I, yeah. and me being like, you know what? Why not? If they're all going to fold anyway, go ahead, Joe. But, but, but this is not that scenario. Also, he was mostly doing that when they were down to two tables. And he was putting tremendous pressure on everyone to like the final table pressure. Like it wasn't exactly right. ICM, but it was sort of like an, it was like a, its own bubble. Right. And so he opened almost every pot there. And fair enough. Um, this feels really different than that. Maybe... It does. Like, also, none of these guys are going to feel the pressure. First place is $600,000, which is a lot of money. But to these guys, like, Limitless? Limitless plays for millions of dollars every day. Like, Kale Burns, I think, yeah, was... Yeah, Vader Holtz. Yeah, these guys... Holtz literally just won a World Series bracelet in, like, $4 million, like, three days ago, as we're recording. Like, these guys play for huge money. This, this money is not going to intimidate them. And nothing about this is intimidating to them or scary to them, you know? It seems like a terrible idea. Without knowing more information. It does. It seems terrible. Well, we're going to learn about this player. Okay. We're going to learn that it's a pedal-to-the-metal type of player, this zoo, this unknown. Anyway, zoo does make it 160K under the gun. King of hearts, five of diamonds. Okay. Kale Burns, very good player, although not as well-known as the other greats at this table, perhaps, but he is a very good player. He plays a lot of high rollers. Has 5.6 million in the cutoff, so he's doing pretty well. You know, he's got 60, over 60 bigs. He's got uh, two jacks. So how do you want to approach this scenario with, with this stack in, with the chip leader opening under the gun? 
mostly call, or do you want to three bet some? I assume that if the chip leader's opening king five off under the gun, he's opening a lot of hands from a lot of positions. So yeah, I think my mostly I want to just three bet jacks with the intention of not folding. Um, the one reason, the best reason to flat. There's two really good reasons to flat that I can think of. One is that 15 blind stack is still the act. And no, already folded. Yeah. So that's, is there like a 20 blind stack? Maybe something like that also? Because if there is. I'm taking a look. If there's any kind of squeeze uh, spots. Fedor, Fedor's got like 28 well, blinds. Okay. So he, he might show up. He might squeeze. That's a little less obvious though. So then the only other really yeah. good reason to flat this that I can come up with is we, we see Sue, Zoo, excuse me, opening a lot, folding the three bets, but if he doesn't get aggression play, if he doesn't get played back at, he's just going to fire, fire, fire like a crazy man. And if he's going to do that, then calling jacks might be way more profitable than three betting. All right, for a second, let's uh, take away all of our perceived notions about Zoo okay. and just know that it's the chip leader in this event at this final table opening under the gun seven-handed. Do you prefer flatting or three betting jacks, jacks as a general rule? It's super close. Um, I think I prefer seven-handed at this big final table. I think I prefer flatting, but I think it's. But I, I could really understand someone making the opposite case, and I don't. I can't really push back very hard on it. What do you prefer? Yeah, I prefer flatting just because the under the gun range is going to have yeah. so many more four bets than any other range, and getting four bet in that spot, unless you're against a very particular player, is like is, if they size it reasonably, is mostly just you have to fold. Like when you have that stack, and there's other shorter stacks, and it's this scenario. It's kind of shitty. Yeah. So that to avoid that and have like an underrepped hand, that's a pretty good combo. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, also, yeah, like you're, as you're saying, you're super underrepped. There's all these awesome things that can happen as a result. We're in position. It's, I think I prefer a call because we're, we're so deep and it's the under the gun range, like you're saying. But man, if so, I feel like someone else could say really strongly, this has got to be a three bet. And I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, I feel like I could be convinced the other way too. Like, you know, Jax is so, it's the fourth best hand in poker. Like to not put in a three bet there is, is, is if we think we're going to get four bet a lot, then it's okay to go with them. We could decide to go with it. You know, if we think, if they think the guy's got a lot of bluffs, you know, I, I can understand the value of like also wanting to isolate, you know, play a blow to pot in position, which you do by three betting getting more money, and when you have the best hand now, all these good things can happen. So that's all. Usually the player's going to be able to realize most of their equity also, right? Because we're, we're probably not raising on most flops or turns when we, only, when we have jacks, unless we have a set. Like, we're probably not raising as an overpair almost ever, right? So that means yeah. the guy gets to realize his equity rather than we don't get to shut him out very often, maybe by the turn we do. But usually gets to see at least four cards. It's also, like, okay. fine, but not great. All valid points. Um, Kale Burns goes with flatting, yeah. which feels like just a more comfortable option. No question. But like, as, assuming you're comfortable post-flop, which Kale certainly is, you know? And, mm. like, a lot of the time, the reason to three-bet, and I'm not saying this is the case here, but would be because you're not comfortable post-flop and you think you're going to make a post-flop mistake. If that's the case and you're one of those players, sure, it's probably a lot better to three-bet Jackson and not let yourself make that post-flop mistake. But then you could end up making a huge pre-flop mistake if you get it in with Jax in a spot where you shouldn't. Yeah. So it's tough. But Kale goes for the flat. And uh, I want to talk about one other thing that happens because it... And I think this is something that we need to study up on or explore a little bit more as the poker guys. It's like a, a knowledge gap that we have because we've been seeing it in our World Series of Poker commentary a lot at the final table where people are, people are folding a little tighter out of the big blind when they're getting incredibly good prices than they had been before. 
it felt like in the year like 2017, everybody was calling with everything out of the big yeah. blind. And maybe that was too much. But I feel like we've swung hard back the other way. And a great example is what happens here with the open and the flat. And uh, the effective stack in the hand is going to be the big blind, who's got, uh, I think it's 40 blinds. Yeah, over 40 blinds. And for the min raise, 80K more to win 510 folds Jack 10 off. Do we know who this is? This is not a... This is... uh, The name is bit too easy. It's Luke Reeves from the United Kingdom. I haven't heard of him. But... I assume he's good. He's at this yeah. final table. That's a fair assumption, right? Yeah, I think so. Like a bad player is usually going to err. A bad player at a final table like this is usually going to err on the side of looseness versus tightness. Unless, unless Luke Reeves, like, you know, satellited into a satellite into a satellite to get in here and can't believe that he's this far and is just praying people bust and is trying to like put as few chips as possible all the time. But that seems very, very unlikely. Right um, I would guess that's not the case. I don't see... Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe this is a knowledge gap thing. I don't see how it could possibly rewrite to fold Jack-10 in this scenario, no matter who you are, no matter what the situation. Like, Meaning like your own personal situation. If there's, even if there's another short stack, you got a, a, the chip leader opens, another deep stack calls. You have a lot of chips in the big blind. It costs one blind to call with Jack-10. It feels like a complete no-brainer. Yeah, I don't think he satellited in. He might not be a great player, at least his live results. He's only got 258K in earnings despite playing... Some high rollers. Yeah. So maybe he's not that good, but he's definitely not money scared. I mean, he's playing 25Ks for years now. Right. So, well, it's just a, it, so maybe he's not a good example of, of somebody who we should take cues from, but I mean, it's just something like we haven't seen anything to this level, right? Getting this price, folding Jack 10 off when you're the effective stack with over 40 bigs out of the big blind. But we've seen things that are like kind of shocking to us as far as people folding who are making otherwise good decisions out of the big blind two very small raises when it feels like they could navigate post-flop. It feels like maybe, maybe we're swinging too far back towards folding too much in this spot. Is that possible? I think, or, or you and I are missing something and we're wrong. Both those things are, are in play, for sure. We could just be wrong. But I believe from watching, from all the World Series poker commentary we did anyway, mostly it felt like people were a little too tight. Trying, you know, there was such a big deal to be at this final table for most of them. Uh, and they and and it showed up in a bunch of ways, you know. And uh, so, yeah. so I believe that's what was going on. I can't possibly begin to explain what could be going on with Jack Ten folding in this spot. This feels like I don't. I there's nothing like I don't see how we could be wrong about this. <laughs> I know sometimes yeah. we might be, but I don't see how we could possibly be wrong that for one blind closing the action, you would fold Jack Ten here. You don't have, if you had four blinds and someone else had three blinds, okay, I sure you could you could decide to fold, yeah. I guess. Um, but what the hell, man? Don't we want to win this tournament? Like we could see a flop and good things could happen, right? We can make the nut straight. We can flop two pair. We can flop top pair. We can flop a big draw and win the pot that way. I don't know. Like what the hell? I don't. I, yeah. I got to believe this is a mistake. I'm I'm staying this with is this just as a something. Mistake. All right. Well, this is something we're going to keep an eye yeah. on as, as poker continues to see if like we keep seeing players in spots who seem like reasonable players making these tight, tight folds out of the big blind, getting these great prices. Cool. I like that. Yeah. So either way, this guy folds Jack 10. So we're going to be heads up with zoo against Kale Burns, zoo opening King five off under the gun and Kale Burns flatting the two jacks. And turns out that Jack 10 was an incredibly good fold. Because the flop is four of spades, jack of clubs, nine of hearts. That would have been a devastator. Yeah, he was going to lose some chips on that one. <laughs> yeah. So the pot's 510K. 
As the King Five Off guy, do you want to bet? I'm not in love with betting on this flop. I feel like we have almost, we get very few folds on this flop. Like either yeah. Kale Burns has got a pocket pair, like a medium pocket pair, which is calling. Obviously, he's got a set. He's never folding. But if he has like two eights, he's not folding on the flop. Anyway, we could have, we could do a multi-street plan. But like if we're just talking about yeah. on the flop, that's not folding. Most of the big cards that Burns would call with pre-flop, like King-Queen, Ace-Jack, uh, even Ace-Queen, I don't think any of those hands are folding. Uh, he's, he's got some Jack-10 suited in his range probably too, and 9-10 suited that aren't folding. Queen-Jack suited, King-Jack suited. It's hard to come up with hands that he is folding. I guess he could have like 5-6 suited, 6-7 suited, hands like that that he could fold, but that, that's like it. Everything else kind of has to call, right? If he's calling deuces and threes pre-flop, yeah. he's probably folding those. Okay, fair enough. But and maybe he's even folding a few of the pocket pairs above the four, maybe, because it's against the under-the-gun range, if he doesn't have a current perception of this player and their looseness. I would be shocked if he... Let's say he has pocket fives to a C-bet only when they're deep in position if he folds, pocket, if he folds any pair. That's above the four anyway. Like, I can't really imagine that. Even, even deuces and threes might call because they're in position where, you know, you wait and see if you get the check to you on the turn and you can just you know, steal the pot, quote, steal the pot. You can just really deny equity on the turn, right? By yeah. betting like that's pretty standard. If you have a pair, you just always call it once. It's going to be relatively cheap. Usually. I don't know. I, I don't think he's folding two fives. I don't think the ace 10 suited without the back door might fold. Maybe. Yes. But like King 10 suited can't fold, right? It's got no. a gut shot. No. Like almost everything connects with this board in some way. Almost everything. There's a few like I think it's a I think it's a losing money play to bet here with a hand this bad with no equity like Sue has. I think Sue should just check fold and I like his check a lot. Yeah, he does. He does check. So oh. I agree with everything you said. So I like that. Now Kale checks back with his top set. Is this just kind of the classic standard I'm Phil Helmuth right now play? <laughs> well, he does know that he's blocking the you know the jacks, and he probably assumes that. Sue is betting a lot of his value on this like range neutral board. Yeah, like because Sue's supposed to have yeah. a lot of things that connect with this too. Actually, because of that, you would think that like Sue's gonna have a lot of check calls here, right? Yeah. Like two tens, check call, two eights, check call. Like King Queen might bet. Jack four off. Jack four off, which might be in Sue's range. Check call. Yeah, not too many, not too many combos of that, but yes, check call all the same. Uh <laughs> I think I'm actually a little surprised Kale decides to check instead of bet because it feels like we're just going to get a lot of calls here. Like this, this connects with everybody. Well, one thing that could be going on um, is, is that Kale has been playing with this player and seeing that this player, when they have the preflop lead and then check out of position on the flop are just check folding most of the time. Yeah. They just don't have it. And Kale wants to give him a chance to catch up. Could be that. That makes, that makes the most sense to me that he just sees this guy's got pretty clear patterns, right? And he's like, this is a check yeah. give up, and I've got a monster, and why not give him a chance to catch up? Like, if, he's, if, he's, if he has yeah. a set of nines, we're going to get it anyway. It's going to be fine. Like, it's a pretty dry board, you know? Yeah. But, yep. but I'd want to be building it's a pot uh, if I was Kale most of the, against an unknown opponent anyway, for sure here. I guess, I mean, like, in practice, it's hard to find checks that we aren't comfortable with checking. Like, we have to add some checks that aren't sets if we're going to check this hand, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so like, what are we checking? Like, I don't want to check King 10 suited on this board when I'm given the opportunity to potentially take it down. Like, I don't, yeah. What, like, what are we checking? I don't want to check two eights no, no, given no. the opportunity to deny equity. I think we're checking some of our um, absolute trash 
hands that have nothing going on. So, for example, on the four of spades, jack of clubs, nine of hearts, maybe the six, seven of diamonds we can check as a give up. Yeah. You know, so we've got our monsters and our absolute trash. They're like super polarized parts of our range we can check because we're going to bet most of our range here, I think, when he checks, right? But yeah. So jacks, maybe pocket nines we're checking and like six, seven of diamonds and a few other diamond combinations so they don't have any backdoor anything going on. Oh, I guess they have backdoor straights, but whatever. Like no, no backdoor flushes either. Like that's it. So just not going to be very much. Maybe like ace, ace queen of diamonds where we can we yeah. can have the best hand. So we have showdown value and maybe we could do that. We could. We could do that. Um, but there's just, you think mostly we're going to bet this, right? Like mostly we're going to have a reason yeah. to bet it. Yeah. Yep. But Kale checks is set. Okay. Being sneaky, being helmuthy. It's just going to, one of these days I'm going to show up with the nuts. Exactly. I'm going to show you. I'm just going to, one of these days. I'm just going to keep showing you the nuts and I'm going to take all your chips. As if it's, and Phil's logic is so flawed there. Like, how easy is it to make the nuts in poker? It's right. not very easy. I, I wasn't going to do this today, but okay. Oh, is it a few times? I challenged Phil Homuth to a heads up match in poker. <laughs> you do? In cards, yes. I challenge him. He's no good. I'm going to destroy him. <laughs> He's terrible at poker. I'm sorry. He's better. Yes, he can beat the fish. I understand. He cannot beat anyone who's actually studied the game to any level. There are guys a lot better than me who he certainly can't beat, but I'm good enough to beat him too. I challenge him. You know what? He can have Mike Mattis out. I'll take you, Grant, and we can do a tag team thing where you know we switch off. We end up all playing each other, but we're playing one stack. They're playing the other stack. $10,000 each side. I challenge him. It's a real thing. There it is. You're really doing yeah. that? You, you're in, you're, you can have half that action if you want. 5K. You and me against Phil and Mike? Are you kidding? We're going to crush those fucking guys. I want to just watch you and Phil. I just want to see You'll that You'll get happen. to watch some of that. I'll do everything I can to, uh, to upset him, I promise. <laughs> and I'll slow... Oh, wait, we right. have to slow Why roll Mattis out, for sure. No, make it, make it organic. You okay. and Phil only. Let's Fine. go. All right. All right. This is official? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll sell some of my action probably, but yes, it's official. I'm in. I'm doing it. I, I'll fucking beat that guy. All right. So, so say succinctly and seriously what your challenge is. Okay. $10,000 buy-in. Heads up. No limit hold them. We'll have to come up with a... I th- I'm sure he, both he and I would want something so it isn't like... Uh, maybe it's like best two out of three um, as like in a tournament format or something like that. So it isn't like someone just like gets cooler, like aces versus Kings or like, you know, someone flops. I know that's always a worry of his and I would, you know, not love that either. But so like, there's a little bit more, a little less variance, slightly less variance as a result. You know, you got to win two of them. There you go. That's my challenge. Wow. Let's go. That's uh, I, I swear I had no idea this was going to happen. I didn't have any idea it was going to happen either. It just happened. I just got it. Really? You didn't, you didn't think, you didn't think about this before? No. You just, it just came out. It just came out. Actually, when I started, it was a joke, but now it's become a real thing. I didn't mean it. I was it's absolutely serious. kidding, but now absolutely I will do this. Yeah. Wow. I'm in. Phil's not going to do okay. it. Phil's too I... scared. Phil knows. He watches our stuff. He doesn't want to play. <laughs> wow. Good goading. Good <laughs> Thanks. goading. Thanks a lot. That's good I know stuff. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is that's the realest thing that's happened on the podcast ever. Congratulations, Levy, you did. Thanks, it. thanks. Oh, I'm looking forward to beating his ass and embarrassing him as I do it <laughs> and talking wow. trash the whole way. You're trying to make it all. You're trying to make it all acidic too, huh? You're trying yeah, to make it just it, like just deeply rooted in it's hate. It's going to be that's acidic great. anyway. So why not embrace it? Why not embrace it? When Phil makes a bad play, I'm going to tell him. 
Because <laughs> he won't change anyway. I've seen him. You know, it doesn't matter if you tell him. He's not going to change what he does. We know that, right? He's going to take the same strategy you know, every time. Beat Antonio Esfandiari heads up for 100K, right? Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> and, and he bluffed <laughs> cool. Antonio. He actually, like, played off his image incredibly well against Antonio, for sure. But honestly, Phil did a lot of things very badly in that, and I think Antonio was unlucky to lose. That's what I think. And I'm, let's go, Phil. I got $10,000 that says, you suck. <laughs> That's amazing. Woo! Okay. It would have been fun to do the tag team wow. thing, but I guess that's a separate. Maybe that'll be the after I beat the shit out of Phil and they want to double or nothing. I'll be like, <laughs> well, 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 let's do a tag team thing. It'll be a fun new new way to do it. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Okay. Jonathan, Jonathan Levy, plant a flag, and to Phil Felmy's Jonathan skull. Levy has challenged Phil Helmuth to a ten thousand dollar heads up tournament. Two out of three tournaments. Yeah, two out of three. But like it'll all be in one, you know, one sitting. It won't take that. You know, it'll take like four hours or something to do. Five hours to do the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever. Obviously, it'll be online. Oh, oh, God, it will, won't it? I was, I was, I was assuming it would be in person. Actually, Phil will never do it. Phil will never do it online. We'll have to wait. There's no chance he'll do it online. Phil's whole thing is white. But magic. you would do it online. You would do it online if he accepted online. The thing is, this I won't be able to goad him in the same way. Actually, I want it to be in person too. We'll be able to do it in person soon enough. Okay. I, I'm pretty comfortable with that. We can wear masks and be across the table from each other. He did it with Antonio. We can do something like that. It'll be fine. All right. Let's go. Come to Portland, Phil, and get your ass beat by a poker guy. Oh, so he has to come He has, he has well, to come here? You won't go to him? I mean, I'm not going to fly out there just because of that, but we'll figure something out. I'm not worried about it. We'll figure something out. So he has to... <laughs> let me get this straight. He has to fly out <laughs> here just because of that. No. But you won't fly out there. I didn't say that. I said, like, I just don't have any current plans to fly. I don't even know where... Does he live in Vegas? I, I don't have any plans to go anywhere right now, but... Like, I'm not going to get on an airplane yet. I'm going to let the pandemic finish first but you know hopefully by like march by the time we actually got this going anyway the pandemic should be near nearing its end should be running out of gas hopefully maybe the 2021 world series of sure Parker will be able to go on without a hitch sure we'll be in vegas anyway yeah and i'll be like, like that hey phil remember when i said you suck oh you don't <laughs> well i'm here to remind you that i said you suck <laughs> yeah let's go wow all right 10k that's uh yeah let's that's definitely the realest thing that's ever happened on this podcast. Wow. For sure. I was really just making a joke, but it, it did become a real thing, and I absolutely will do it. Was that something in like the back of your mind? Nope. Not even a little bit. <laughs> it just happened. Huh. That's how most of the podcast is for me. I just say things, and then they become, you know, then they're out there in the world, and I have to react to them. But, but, I, but I mean it. Let's go. I'm going to beat that okay. guy. I'm going to beat that guy. Well, this podcast certainly has a new highlight, and it's not about the hand <laughs> or about our telecommunications discussion from earlier. Man, this has really been a far-ranging show, and we're still only like a little yeah. bit into the hand. We haven't even done the ad yet. This is a crazy episode. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go back to the hand. Okay. And, and when speaking of that. All right. So we have the Jack 9-4 rainbow board, and it went check, check, king five off for Zoo, who opened under the gun. And a set of jacks for Kale Burns, who checked back on the jack high flop. And Nitrogen Sports Poker. <laughs> you tricked everybody. <laughs> you said we were going back to the hand. Here. No, we didn't. Nitrogen yeah, Sports. Yeah, but first we got to do the ad. Yeah, we do. It's... We got to pay the bills. If you're going to 
No. Play Phil Hellmuth for 10K. You got to have 10K, man. That's true. And I have zero right now. So this is good. This is good. You got to get going. <laughs> got to save it up. That's not, that's not true, people. That's not true. Don't, don't start worrying oh, about Jonathan okay. people. That would be sad. Fine. Don't worry about yeah. me. But um, still. $10,000. Yeah. Anyway, Nitrogen yeah. Sports Poker. If you want to have 10K, one way to do it is to play on Nitrogen Sports Poker. Mm-hmm. And a way to start that bankroll is to play our monthly tournament, which is an incredibly good value. It, I don't think there's a player in the world that is not getting a good value by entering this tournament because there are 1,000 buy-ins guaranteed. They cap the thing at 300, but you only ever get 200 players. Of course, you have to use the link in the description of this podcast if you want to sign up for this tournament. But think about that value, Levy. You're getting 5 to 1 on your money most of the time. Yeah. And it's like they're just adding 800 buy-ins most of the time. And there's only 200 players in there. You can go all in every hand. It's still a plus EV proposition. It's, I mean, if you fold every hand, it's probably not. Because then you probably end up losing unless you win your tiny all-ins. Maybe maybe you can min cash sometimes. Sure. I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, you could do it. But yeah, no, it's incredible value for sure. Um, it'd be crazy not to use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitrogen if you haven't already because of the incredible value. Of course, it's also a Bitcoin-only site, which means you get your money in and out super fast, way faster than everybody else, 90 minutes to get your money out. No one does that, but Nitrogen does because they're awesome. Also sports betting, also casino games. Also, Phil Hummy's going to get wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is the highlight of the day for sure. All right. Okay. Back to the hand. Yeah. We've got the Jack-9-4 rainbow board. We've got King-5 off for the under-the-gun player, Zoo. And we've got a set of Jacks for Kale Burns. The turn is the Ace of Clubs. It is the second club. Feels like a card that Zoo must now bet yeah. when it goes check-check on the flop, right? No question. And that is what Zoo does. Bet's big. 484-500. So nearly 500K into a pot of 510K. What do you, what do you think about the sizing? Uh... It's really big. It's almost weirdly big after a check check on the flop. I don't really, it's not telling a great story because the story is we have ace queen basically, right? And Or ace king. Yeah, sure. But like, why would we bet so much if we had those hands? That's like, we don't need to bet that much if we had those hands, right? Like, it seems crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, make sure make sure that eights folds now if eights found a check on the flop. Right. No, as I can see it to, to get bad hands to fold, but like, why if if Kale Burns had anything, why would he? Like the story is not convincing. Now maybe he folds because it's so much, but the story is very odd and makes no real sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a bit strange. So as Kale, how do you want to re- respond to this? Do you want to call or do you want to raise? I want to call because our, our friend is already polarizing himself a bit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, like if he has it, great. We're going to get it. We're going to have a great opportunity to get a lot of chips anyway. If he doesn't, why scare him away? What do you think? Yeah. I think I agree with mm-hmm. that. I mean, especially when he sizes it like this, a big one could be coming on the river and we don't want to give him a chance to get away from a hand by making either a really good fold or by having nothing yeah. right now, which he does. Like if we call, the pot's going to be almost one and a half million. He might pot it again. And if he's got a big yeah. hand, he might call a raise. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like this is, we could be the. Yeah, I think I like, I think I like calling for all those yeah. reasons too. Yeah, I agree. Okay. That's what, that's what Kale Burns does. He calls. So. Good job, Kale Burns. You get the Poker Guy seal of approval. Jonathan Lovey will not be challenging you to No, I have back. no interest in challenging Kale Burns to any anything except snooker. 
which I will challenge him to. $5,000 heads up because you (laughs) suck at snooker, Kale Burns. But all right. Without doing any research on his snooker skills, that was probably a mistake. But he hasn't done any research on my snooker skills, so. Do you have those? I haven't done any research on it either. I don't know. I don't know what I have (laughs) and what I don't have, so maybe. So that was a false challenge I'm going to go with. I'm I'm going to... I would not. I'm going to politifact that one as false. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after the bet and the call, there is 1.479 million chips in the pot. Four of spades, jack of clubs, nine of hearts, ace of clubs is what the board reads. We've got king five off, helpless against the set of jacks of Kale Burns. Mm-hmm. The river is the queen of hearts. So set of jacks moves from second nuts to, you know, third nuts. Fourth nuts. Fourth nuts, in fact. So fifth nuts? Fifth nuts. Fifth nuts. Eight, ten is the, yes, yeah. the fourth nuts. Yeah. Okay. Fifth, fifth nuts. nuts. Still pretty good. Yep. Um, as Zoo, do we want to go for this again? Getting the big bet called on the turn? Do we want to Ooh. take another shot? I mean, the only reason to go for it again is um, because our story was so bad on the turn that we maybe got called a little lighter than we should have by Kale Burns, who is kind of a massive station. Like he's the guy I think who did that. We did a hand of his where he just like call the race preflop. And then, and I think even called a three bet preflop and then called like three streets all in, in like a super high roller with ACE high. He just went call, call, call with ACE 10 of clubs and was right. You know? So yeah, that's a reason not to try, uh, but that was against Elio Fox. I think right? that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a reason not to try at all, by the way. If this guy's a massive station. But, if we're, but the other side of it is he's more likely... To, I think he's calling with like all his one pairs on the turn if he's indeed this massive station that I... Based on this one hand, I think he is, you know? Also, Sam, Sam yeah. Grafton is talking about it. He's doing the commentary on this hand and when it's happening. And he was also talking about how Burns is definitely not a guy you should probably ever try and bluff. <laughs> well, Zoo's going to do it. Okay. He's going to rep ace-queen or something like that. Sure. Seems like ace-queen is really what he's repping when he bets again here. Ace-king, ace-queen, yeah. Yeah. Um, although ace-queen ace more so. You, you think Burns has some ace-king in his range that you would be a little concerned about? Very little. But Burns definitely has ace-queen in his range. Yes. Yeah, he has more ace-queen than Which you'd ace be king. more concerned about if you had ace-king. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to lose a bet either way if you have ace-king, right? You're either going to bet and get raised, or you're going to check and call. So, so you might as well bet. So if you're betting, you're trying to get called by ace-10 suited? Uh, yeah, or just by the station who doesn't believe. Yeah. King-queen of clubs? All right, well, Zoom's going to try to tell that story. He bets uh, 740K, basically, mm-hmm. with, you know, little numbers because it's online. Uh, but 740K into 1.5 million-ish. Burns has to raise even though he doesn't have the nuts anymore, right? I mean, yeah. set of aces is unlikely. Set of queens is unlikely because of the flop being checked. Mm-hmm. That, that makes it pretty unlikely. I agree. You'd think King 10 would bet the flop as well. Me too. You would think. Usually. Uh, and we know this guy has 8-10 in his range. I don't know if Kale knows that, but we know that. He would probably bet the flop with that as well, you would think. Would a set of aces really bet near pot on the turn or a, or what is now a set of queens bet near pot on the turn? I don't know if I believe that either. Like, it feels like we basically have the nuts here, like with jacks. Yeah. All right. Well, Kale goes for it. Yeah. Makes sense. Trying to really, really hoping he has ace queen, but like trying to get heroed by any ace. Um, 
Raises to 2.391 million, the perfect number. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Zoo is done, right? This should be the end of this thing. Yeah. Except that it's not. Zoo's going to three bet. Zoo is going to three bet to 4 million, which isn't even an all in for Burns, which is interesting. It's, it's like a clickback. It's almost exactly a clickback. It's almost exactly yeah. a min race, which is crazy. So this is really interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, like, no matter what you think of Zoo's open in the first place uh, or bet sizing on the turn, this is a terrifying play. This looks extremely strong. Yeah. It looks extremely strong for sure. It looks like somehow he is king 10 that didn't bet the flop now, or I guess he is top set. Somehow he was check raising with aces on the flop or check calling with aces or whatever, and then decided to bet huge on the turn somehow. I don't know, but it feels like, yeah, he's got a hand. All his value is beating us, right? He doesn't have nines. He doesn't have a set of nines now. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Well, maybe. Unlikely. Okay, it is terrifying if you're Burns, especially if you're Burns and you have Ace-Queen. It's extra terrifying because that's like the worst hand that Burns would probably raise, right? Ace-Queen? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Which is yeah. maybe which is maybe an indictment of this three bet because if the worst hand we can think of that Burns would raise is top two, then we're really giving an incredible price to a super strong range. Yeah. And... That sentence is not a good one. You don't want to hear that sentence when you're trying to get somebody to fold. Maybe, but uh, of course, the flip side of that is that it's super. It's a super looking, strong looking bet. Maybe Burns can have like Ace Nine, like check the flop with second pair, and then just feel like he has to raise the river when it's only a half pot bet. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the best I can do. But even so, then it's just a few combos so, of it, and it's probably only Ace Nine suited. He probably didn't flat with Ace Nine off, so there's even less combos and. There's two combos of ace-nine suited, like, whatever. Um, yeah, no, your point is really s- solid. Like, his range is rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not like that. That was an unpleasant way to describe that. <laughs> I don't know what's happening today. This is such a weird day. <laughs> it's been a weird show. Well, we, it's, as, as we're recording, we're in the Pacific Northwest, and there's just, yeah. like, apocalyptic fires in the sky everywhere so maybe that's affecting you who knows oh my god um, i don't know man this has been a weird weird time to be alive yeah he's got but you're right he's got like ace queen plus it feels like um he can't really have king 10 though he can't really have the nuts kale right he can't call the turn with king 10 unless it's king 10 of clubs maybe exactly he could call the turn with king 10 of clubs specifically but which i was gonna i was gonna mention the blocker aspect of this play the zoo does block the nuts with the king in his hand. Having the king of clubs would be a much better blocker because the only real king 10 that Caleb Burns has is king 10 of clubs, like you're saying. Yeah. He absolutely cannot call the turn with any other king 10. Even king 10 of clubs usually bets the flop and might not feel like it can reasonably call the turn. It might decide to raise the turn because it's so expensive. But in position, maybe it feels like maybe it's going to call sometimes with the king 10 of clubs. If there's a king 10 in Kale's range, it's king 10 of clubs. No question. No question. Yeah. Um, it's at least possible. You're right. So, yeah, the king of clubs is the only truly relevant blocker here. That's a really good point. The king of hearts isn't a blocker in that way. Right. But maybe, maybe it's less about that and more about this, the size of the bet that was called in the turn. And Zoo, from that, derives that Burns doesn't have king 10 in his range. Right. And decides he can rep the nuts, which I don't know if that's reasonable that he can rep the nuts yeah. because he didn't bet the flop. You'd think king 10 is a pretty 
natural bet on that flop. You do have something going for you, flopping the gut shot, and you do want to generate fold equity. I mean, what are you going to do? So check call out of position strange. with it? And then what do you do on the turn when yeah. you whiff? It seems terrible to check call. Like, you, you're definitely betting King-10 yeah. almost always. I agree so with that's, you. So that's a bit of a problem with the story yep. for King-10, which is... Do you, I guess he's repping 8-10 and King-10 only, right? He's... I mean, those are... And maybe... There's, maybe a set of aces? I think I think a set of aces has to be part of this because 8-10 is usually betting the flop also. It flops really well, and it wants to have fold yeah. equity and wants to build a pot for when it hits. I mean, it seems also crazy to check call 8-10 out of position, right? And you're deep enough, you can't really reasonably check raise. I guess you could, but seems a little nuts to do that against Kale Burns, of all people. Uh, so I think, I, I think I've, I've put together what's happening okay. here. Is, um, Zoo is thinking probably correctly that Burns's range is capped at sets and that Burns doesn't have any straights in his range. Uh, and that is why Zoo is making this play. But the problem with that is that through that thinking, Zoo arrives at a play that makes it look unrealistic for Zoo to have the hands that he's repping because of the flop check. It's really just not too fathomable for Zoo to have King 10 yeah. or 8 10 It's possible. Because of the flop check. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, maybe he thinks even, like, there's very few sets, really, that Burns can have. Burns doesn't have a set of aces. Burns doesn't have a set of queens. He might think it's po- impossible for Burns to have a set of jacks or nines also, both because yeah. of pre-flop and on the flop. So now we're down to just sets of fours, right? I mean, that's it for sets? Like, wow. Suddenly that range doesn't seem so tough anymore, right? Like... Maybe a, set, a slow played set of fours on the flop, which is probably going to bet a lot, honestly. A set of fours specifically, right? Where you're not blocking the jack or, or the nine or anything like that, or any of the straight draws or anything. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it feels like Burns mostly has like two pair of hands, like a lot of ace nine, ace, ace queen. Yeah. Like, ace queen feels like the hand that he has exactly based on how he played it, right? Yeah. So the question is can we get ace queen so, to fold? Yeah. I don't know, but we can't get jacks to fold. Burns does tank for a while, but does call. Yes. And I think that is the right play. I mean, when the story doesn't really add up, we're underrepped uh, from preflop on. And this might be literally the best hand we can show up with. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense to call the set of jacks because of all of that. Yeah, I think this is the best hand we can show up with. Uh, and also, it, it, we are, as you're saying, we're underrepped, even though we called that big bet on the turn and we raised... We, even us raising the river, we're still underrepped, which is kind of crazy. Right? Yeah. Uh, the question is maybe more importantly, if we have ace-queen, are we folding ace-queen? Like, yeah. Because if, if we are folding ace-queen, then maybe this play by Zoo has some merit. Right, because we have a lot more combos of ace-queen than we do of jacks, that's for sure. I think it's a problem to assume that we're folding ace-queen yeah, because... me too. Like, if, if Kale had ace-queen, he would severely block the hands that Zoo is legitimately repping, or not that legitimately, but more so than straights, which are sets of queens and sets of aces, right? So there would only be one combo of each exactly. of those if Kale was sitting there with ace-queen. That's a big problem for trying to get ace-queen to fold because you're repping those hands mostly. I mean, what, you, what Kale Burns would have to do to fold ace-queen is think, like, you, have, you actually have jack-jack and nine-nine in your, in your range that you slow played, like, yeah. on the flop. Like, you didn't see about those hands, which... Maybe, but again, that's a board which is going to get a lot of calls if you see bet and you want to build a pot, especially when you're the chip and you're up against one of the other big stacks. Like it seems surprising that yeah. you wouldn't bet your set there, right? Like your set of nines, your set of jacks. Maybe sometimes you don't, but like mostly you assume that's going to be a bet. I would assume. Yeah. So this story is so, yeah, so bad. I think this is a, I think this is fancy play syndrome. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, Burns always has a good hand here, right? Because he called so much on the turn. He just has to have a good hand. Yeah. And so when he raises, yeah. and he raises, okay, I guess maybe it's possible, like we're saying, he can have ace-nine suited. There's two combos of that. There's a bunch of combos of ace-queen. There's, what, nine combos of ace-queen. And then there's a few combos of maybe some slow-played sets. That's it, right? Yeah. And, and king-ten of clubs. Ace-nine. Yeah. Maybe we can get ace-nine to fold. Maybe ace-nine talks itself into a fold because it's the very bottom of everything. And it loses to ace-queen. I don't know. But ace-queen isn't three-betting anyway, right? No, it's not. It's just going to be like, I probably had I call. It's not gonna. It's never gonna put it yeah. another bet. Yeah. So maybe even call, maybe he just calls with this entire value range because the story is so bad. This is just a bad story. Maybe. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna go on a limb and say Zoo is not a top player, like these other guys are. Like based on his open with the king five off, and then based on this three bet. Although it's cool seeming that it it actually isn't good enough. This is not the right time to make this play. That that seems correct to me. Although I could be proven wrong and like this, this guy could yeah. be a real crusher of course. and like, this is just his style and it works for him. But it seems like there's a few mistakes in this, in this plan. Yeah. If Sue had just bet less on the turn, I like this play so much more by him. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. If he bets like half pot on the turn. Now he gets called by a million things. He bets the river burns raises sometimes as a bluff, right? Burns doesn't have to have a super strong hand anymore. You know, Although there could be another thing. Yeah. Like if he truly is a top player and he's played with Kale a lot, maybe Kale is doing a little bit of the thing that we've seen Sam Greenwood do, where he calls with drawing hands on the turn, mm. getting way the wrong price, knowing that he's going to get paid by the elite player he's up against because he can't have those hands if he gets there. Yeah. Right. So maybe maybe Zoo and Kale have a history where Zoo knows Kale does that, so he knows that that like yeah, no, that's not that's not really helping me. Never mind. I mean, there's, there's a few hands which, if that's true, could play into it. But I don't know if, if Kale's going to call with, like, the six, seven of clubs on the turn where it isn't, like, the nut draw to the clubs, at least. Like, and, yeah. all the other, and all the king X of clubs also have straight draws, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so it's problematic, basically. Like, they're, they're either a pair or, by the end, they're either a pair or they're, I, which he wouldn't raise. Yeah, I abandoned. What'd you say? I abandoned yeah, my point. Yeah, yeah. I abandoned okay, my point. Okay, fair enough. I lost steam on it halfway yeah, through. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I saw. So, yeah, I feel like this is just a, a mistake to make this three bet. And Burns has a pretty easy, I mean, easy is the wrong word because, you know, in the spot, you're like, oh, my God, he really has it. And you're just like, well, I guess I just have to call this. This hand is. I mean, you lose to all value. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. And it's a huge spot, but you, it probably is literally the top of your distribution, yeah. like the very top. I agree. And, uh, and it's really hard for him to have the hands he has. And if we're right, oh, my God, we've got all the chips. It's pretty cool. Yep. And we're as underrepped as and we Kale can be. Kale does have. What did you say? He does have all the chips, but he finishes fourth. No. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. He does. He must and be no, worse than I thought. Zoo somehow. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. I challenge Kale Zoo somehow Burns. holds on. <laughs> no, you don't. I do not. You're making your other challenge seem like it's yeah, not Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I don't challenge Kale Burns. Yeah. Zoo uh, does manage to hold on for two more spots and get fifth. Hmm. This, this was eventually won by Adrian Mateos against... Fader Holtz. So pretty damn stacked final table. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Good times. It is. What else is awesome is the challenge issued by Jonathan <laughs> Levy today. That's the news of the week, man. That just it came out of nowhere, I'll be honest. <laughs> had no plans to do that. Yeah, that, Never thought about that that's before. That's clear. That's now clear. Yeah. But, but I'm happy but I mean you did it. it. I mean it. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it. And unless that guy gets crazy lucky, he's going down. <laughs> nice. 
Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.